from the Esquire Lounge in downtown Champaign, it's time for Monday Night Sports Talk on News Talk 1400 WDWS Champaign-Urbana. Featuring the News Gazette media sports writers, Matt Daniels, Bob Osmussen, and Scott Ritchie. Delivering the latest insights on the Illini and more. Join the program by calling 217-356-9397 or send a text to the Castle Heating and Cooling text line. 217-351-5357. Now, live from the Esquire Lounge on Walnut Street in downtown Champaign, here are the News Gazette media sports writers and your host, Steve Kelly. Hello again, everybody, and welcome to Monday Night Sports Talk with you until 6 o'clock here at the Esquire on a dark, rainy Monday afternoon. Uh, a big thanks to the folks that made it out tonight in the uh, bad weather. The phone line is open as well, 356-9397. Got plenty to talk about this evening. Matt Daniels is here. Bob Osmussen is here. And when last seen, Scott Ritchie was on the East Coast. He is, uh, he's still out there, Steve. Uh, our, our Illinois basketball beat writer uh, drove out to New Jersey this past weekend and is in State College, Pennsylvania, as of this afternoon, getting ready for uh, tomorrow night's Illinois game. So uh, he's out there, and he'll have all the coverage like he usually does in the News, news Gazette and at uh, com. That Illinois-Penn State uh, game is tomorrow at 5.30, kind of a unique format. Hopefully you'll listen to it on the radio as you normally do, but you might pay attention to Fox Sports 1 because they've got both coaches wired up through the whole game, through the timeouts and everything else. Kind of risky, perhaps. Especially with Brad Underwood. But there is a, a five-second delay, so Kent Brown is making the trip, and uh, Kent is the assistant athletic director for communication. He's going to be in the is truck. The, is he the dump button guy? He is the dump button guy. <laughs> and there's some uh, there's some pressure to that job. Yes, you, yes you, there is. You've only got five seconds to uh, say, well, is that okay or not? But uh, what were you going to say? Well, about? I was going to say Fox did that earlier in the year. I saw a Creighton-Xavier game. And so it's it's fun, and they won't let anything bad through. I, no matter what Brandon Underwood says, unless it goes on like a long, 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 like ten words in a row that are bad, then they might have trouble because, like you said, five seconds. He can go beyond the five seconds. <laughs> so hopefully he won't do that. But that game's that game's going to be rough for Illinois based on what I've seen. I watched Penn State on Saturday, I guess. They were really, really good. They're going to be hard to beat Penn by, State for is, anybody. They have won eight games in a row. Penn right. State has. And you can make a case for them uh, as being the best team in the league, Maryland might argue, because Maryland's on an eight-game winning streak themselves. So it's going to come down. They play each other one more time. So there's a lot that could happen. But Penn State is a team that is old, experienced, and deep. And that's a tough uh, trio to fight. Yeah, if you're, if you're just looking at the, the top of the Big Ten standings and you're a you know, tradition-bound uh, Big Ten fan, it's a little weird seeing Maryland and Rutgers holding down the top two spots. And uh, the Associated Press Top 25 came out today, and Maryland's ranked 7th, Penn State's ranked ninth. Uh, so that just speaks to the, the success that they've had all season. And it's weird to know that Penn State has really owned Illinois in this series. And in the last six games, the Lions have won them all. Uh, so Illinois has taken some, some tough losses to Penn State in the last uh, three to four seasons. And Bryce Jordan Center is not a you know known for a, a – buzz of activity or a hotbed of, of fan support but they've been selling out there and uh, it seats about 15,000 or so so and, and like Bob meant, Bob wrote uh, in a couple of days ago 
the curtains probably won't be out at, at Bryce Jordan Center uh, anymore, especially for Tuesday night's game. And Lamar Stevens, Mike Watkins, or, or some of the veterans there for Penn State, and they pose some some problems. And then still the big question for Illinois is kind of the status of Iota Sumu and uh, whether he's going to play or not. Don't know for sure, but I, I'd be surprised uh, if you see him out on the court uh, Tuesday night. I think Monday night, a week from tonight, might be the more logical uh, uh, guess on Io, but uh, it's still day-to-day, as the coach likes to say. Maryland, as you mentioned, Matt, is number seven. Penn State is nine. Two other Big Ten teams are in the rankings. Illinois fell out of the uh, top 25 after a five-week stay in there. Iowa is number 20. Ohio State, talk about a roller coaster ride. Ohio State right. started out good, got as high as into the top five. They're second in the country yeah. there for a week. Then they went on a nosedive, and now they're back in the uh, top 25 at number 25. Uh, so they've won five of their last six. Then on down the line, if you're looking at the AP poll, Michigan State is back in in the coaches' poll, but still on the outside of the AP poll at 27th. Michigan, winners of five straight, is 28th. Illinois works its way in there at 34th on that four-game losing streak, and Rutgers is 38th. That's according to uh, the Associated Press poll. The net rankings are something altogether different, but Illinois is... What'd you say, Lauren? Uh, Illinois is 38 in the net poll. Is that right? He's not listening. He's not to listening to us. He, he gave us a thumbs gave up. Gave us a thumbs up. So that's getting uh, kind of close to bubble territory there. Yeah, and uh, you know Illinois sitting at uh, you know 16 and nine, eight and six in the Big Ten, and all those good vibes that uh, Illinois built up in January have kind of faded away uh, so far this month. And uh, like we mentioned earlier, it's not going to be easy. Uh, tomorrow night at Penn State, they seem to get a little bit of a break in the schedule next week, playing the two worst teams in the Big Ten this season, hosting Nebraska next Monday night, although the Huskers did just uh, play at Maryland last week and lost by two. And then Northwestern's always given Illinois fits, and, and Illinois only won 75-71 earlier this year in Champaign. That game's up in Evanston. So they're in right now to the NCAA tournament if selections happen today. But they don't, unfortunately. It happened March 15th, Selection Sunday, and uh, Illinois is going to have to start picking up some wins here. I'd say at least two, three more to feel kind of comfortable uh, come Selection Sunday. I think they will get those wins. I think they'll beat Nebraska, beat Northwestern. They should. They, they, will, they will beat those teams. We know, all knew this, kind of, this stretch was going to be hard. I don't think ever anybody – Illinois could have won a couple of these games. So they couldn't have won at Iowa. They certainly could have beaten Michigan State. So they really could have gone two or three, which would – well, Assuming they lose them all, they, they really could have gotten two and three, which w- would have been pretty good against this stretch. I think the last five games, to me, really play in Illinois' favor. As long as they don't, they can't, can't step until against Nebraska or Northwestern. I think Ohio State, if you lose there, it's not the end of the world. They're ranked. I think the Iowa game and the Indiana game, I think they'll win both those games. So I think they'll go to the Big Ten tournament, tournament in, the, in the field, but not like they were. At one point, we were talking about them being a top five seed, top four seed. That's not going to happen now. That's that's gone. It's not going to happen in the Big Ten tournament either, no. the way things are going right no. now. Right at the moment, they would be the number six seed Which is bad. in the uh, Big Ten tournament. Six bad. Well, it's bad because they would play a late game. Oh, on they're really late both nights. Yeah. So if they win the first game, they play it late again the second game. And Matt has the deadline he wants everybody to meet. <laughs> so assuming we I, all I go. Don't, I don't really think the Big Ten tournament cares about my deadlines. No, but so they should because we, we have all these awards now. Well, so they should t- pay attention to us. There are six games left, counting tomorrow night in the regular season. If they can win four of those, that, oh, would, yeah. that would put them at 20 wins. That's 
safely in the tournament. And 12 and 8 in the Big Ten. And, well, That's safely in the and Big Ten and tournament. Some good, and some good wins for Illinois. So some couple bad losses that Lauren Case pointed out. I, would, I agree with those. Well, the, the thing about that, and Lauren's right, those, <laughs> they don't go away. Right. And, the know, Arizona you, game's gotten better, though, because I think they're ranked now. They are. They're, they're, 20, Arizona they're 24th. So week. Arizona's not nearly as bad as it was. I think Miami and obviously Missouri are bad losses. So. They don't seem to pay as much attention to Big Ten games when you're beating the heck out of each other. It's just the way the Big Ten is. You, it's hard to make up a lot of ground unless you win on the road, and Illinois did that for a, a period of time, and now they're not doing it at this point in time. But still some basketball yet to be played. The Big Ten tournament should be a lot of fun in Indianapolis. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, you know, going back to Illinois a little bit, just that – that two wins they had, uh, you know, almost three weeks ago, winning at Purdue on that Tuesday night, then winning at Michigan, those look huge now because if right. even if you split those games or potentially lose both those games, then you're really kind of on the outside looking in. But, um, yeah, the Big Ten tournament is going to be very interesting. And I'm curious to see once the NCAA tournament rolls around just how much effect these Big Ten teams can have, if, if, if any of them can make a run, because they're all just kind of jammed there in, in the pack. And Maryland and Penn State have kind of separated themselves but right. I- anywhere from three to – 11 really you know minnesota should have won yesterday at home against right. iowa they blew that game and uh it's just a it's just a jumbled mess and uh you know seeds you can probably throw them out the window at the big 10 tournament uh but it should be a, a heck of a five days worth of basketball over in indy i've seen maryland as a two seed in the ncaa tournament to me that's would be a great thing for them because then you get really easy first round game lesser second round game and have a great chance to third a second weekend I think that team, based on what I saw here and wh- how they played against Illinois at home, I think that team could go a long way get based on their personnel. I think Penn State, again, they've been there a while, but they have the kind of team they just like in the tournament. Like you mentioned, Steve, they're experienced. So they got, they know what they're doing. They've had some rough spatches over the last few years, but I think they seem ready to go. So they, they both could make a long run to the tournament, I think. When you're looking at and trying to figure out where Illinois might be in the, in the NCAA tournament, it might be on that 8-9 line. And some of those games are pretty competitive. You know what happens to you in an 8-9 game if you win. Then you get a 16 seed, right, in the no, second round? Well, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> More likely not, but uh, you'll get one of the t- number one seeds, and maybe this is the year to get one of them. Well, I mean, and, you know, Scott Ritchie's our, our Illinois beat writer and our AP Top 25 voter, and, and he wrote about it in, in tomorrow's paper when he unveiled his ballot uh, compared to the AP's ballot. And uh, outside of the top four teams in college basketball this season, uh, you know, in, in Baylor, Gonzaga, Kansas, and San Diego State, it's pretty much a toss-up each and every night. I mean, just on Saturday alone, I think there were seven – top 25 teams that ended up losing uh missouri got a win uh, against auburn uh so it's just it's a crazy topsy-turvy college basketball season this year and um yes illinois is in a rut right now and uh you know they're playing without their best player now to sumu and yes it would be nice if they could find an outside shooting stroke and find an answer against zone defenses and uh but they they've got a tough task you know tuesday night regardless of that outcome then they get a little bit of a time off some rest up before they get home uh, next week for Nebraska and a chance to really kind of get back on the right track if they do stumble tomorrow night out at Penn State. A couple of other uh, news notes on this uh, Monday, February 17th. Four years ago today, Josh Whitman was named the athletic director at uh, the U of I. Congratulations to Kyle Hudson, who is a bench coach now, been called up to the major leagues. He's going to be a bench coach with the uh, Cleveland Indians working with the outfielders. That's uh, good for the former Illini two-sport 
stand out. Yeah, local uh, pride, of Tude, uh, pride of Mattoon High School down there, and he had quite the the athletic career at Illinois, doing both sports at a high level, baseball and football. And uh, then he came back and you know helped coach the Illini for a little bit. Was part of the the 2015 season that uh, you know ended with 50 wins and a, a trip to the NCAA Super Regionals in baseball. So uh, he's just moving up the ladder, and uh, that's great to see for him. The ACC has uh, jumped on board with the Big Ten in their proposal to allow college athletes in whatever sport to transfer one time with no uh, benefit or actually not benefit, no penalty to sit out a year. So uh, this is picking up some steam. Yeah, and I think it's going to eventually kind of become uh, commonplace. You know, 10, 15 years from now, I don't think we'll be talking about uh, transfers having to sit out and, uh, you know, right. having to, to lose or not lose a season of eligibility, but to uh, not play that season. And, uh, you know, you see it in other sports uh, like volleyball that you can transfer right away and, and not play out. And I think the day is coming where you're going to see that in, in football and men's basketball. And I think that's that's fine for the sport. Uh, you know, Brad Underwood's talked before about how four or five years ago when the NCAA provided mandates where athletes could get unlimited snacks and food, everyone thought right. the world was going to explode. Well, Everything's That's okay. Everything's okay. Guys are getting fed well. Yeah, exactly. So, so there you go. So I think the transfer thing, again, is going to be something down the road where you're just going to see. And it's going to become even more of a free agency in, in college athletics, but – that's uh, to me. If you're a student athlete, you sh you can do. That. I don't. I don't think you should be penalized if you right. want to transfer to a, a different school. Way past due. Yes. And can coaches move from year to year? Yes. Of course they can without penalty. Well, sometimes penalty, but not to them. To the old school they left or the new school they joined. But you know, if it's okay for the coaches, it's definitely okay for the athletes. I think it's way past due. I think it's going to be a really good thing for sports. It's going to be a great thing for the athletes. So I, I, I'm all for it. A couple of other notes before we take our first time out and turn our attention to Illinois football in just a moment. Women's basketball team lost to Purdue yesterday at the State Farm Center. They play again tomorrow night at Michigan. The Wednesday, Big Ten, night. Uh, Wednesday night. Wednesday night, I'm sorry. That's okay. The uh, Big Ten women's tournament is coming up soon. Illinois baseball opened the season, uh, dropping two of three games down in North Carolina. They'll play three more this weekend in South Carolina. Illinois softball team is 5-3 and three on the season. They lost three out of four in North Carolina. They go to Texas this weekend to play. And the Illini wrestling team lost to number eight Purdue yesterday, 18-14. to 14, Tough match at Huff Hall. So a lot of activities underway. The Big Ten championships coming up in wrestling in a couple of weeks out at Rutgers. So we'll take our first break at 524. When we come back, we'll talk some Illinois football. Offensive coordinator Rod Smith is with us here at the Esquire. We're back with that in just a moment. Stay with us. You're listening to Monday Night Sports Talk on DWS with the News Gazette Media Sports Writers. Live from the Esquire Lounge on Walnut Street in downtown Champaign. Welcome back to Monday Night Sports Talk, everybody. Steve Kelly along with Matt Daniels, Bob Osmussen. Scott Ritchie, a normal a regular here, is on the road. Thanks to Blake Landa, who's filling in for Ed Bond, who is also on the road with the Illini basketball team. We're with you until 6 o'clock. Going to talk some Illinois football now. Say hello to offensive coordinator Rod Smith, everybody, for the Illini football team. Good to see you, Coach. What's, uh, what's keeping you busy these days? Just basically in the office doing a little film watching. Trying to get our guys ready, a little off-season off uh, conditioning and lifting. Lou Hernandez has them for the bulk of the time now, so we're staying busy just watching as much film as we can. I see some posts from uh, Lou every now and then on guys reaching another level, getting yeah. 
getting into the Lou Club or whatever they call that, and uh, it's, it's impressive to see him do that. Yeah, it is. He does a great job with that. He does a great job of, I think, motivating our guys, getting those guys into the point where, you know, we're having fun working hard. It's not easy getting up 6 o'clock in the morning, lifting a bunch of weight and go to classes and trudge the snow and the rain and stuff, but they, they, he does a great job, I think, getting those guys motivated. Coach, you've had a chance to look back at the season. Evaluate Brandon Peters. When you look back at the year he had, obviously he came to you late, wasn't there all summer. This year he's going to be there. Tell me about him and what you th think he can be next year. Well, I think Brandon has the, has the uh, chance to be one of the better quarterbacks in the league, to be honest with you. He's, he's got a lot of talent. Um, you know, this first year, there was some adjustment period for sure. him getting used to so, a lot of the new players that we had. Uh, transfers. He, he didn't. You think about. It, he didn't have a spring to go right. with us. He got here late in in, in in the summer. Had to pick everything up. Kind of won the job in camp. So he's been kind of on a short schedule per se as far sure. as picking things up. So I'm anticipating him having a really big season this coming year. How much does it help him that he's here? That you know, at this time last year, you'd heard of him probably, but you didn't know him as as well as you do now. Yeah. I was, uh, I think it helps a lot because it's a chance for not only for me to get a chance to know Brandon, but for Brandon to get a chance to know me, and, and how each other, how how you know, I know how what what makes him tick, what makes him go. He kind of knows what makes me go a little bit now. So you kind of do a little self evaluation of each other, and uh, I think it's I think it's nothing but positive for us so far. Just in in terms of his leadership and, and his role on on the 2020 team, how much do you see that maybe changing? I know he's a guy that he came in and obviously earned guys respect right away you know brandon's not the most uh, uh he's not a rod vocal. smith is what you're well, saying <laughs> <laughs> I, I, that might, I don't know if that's good or bad <laughs> he's not the most vocal guy obviously but you know he's very cerebral he's he, he works hard uh got a great work ethic so he's one of those guys that I, in my opinion that just proves by example more so than than uh you know, being a cheerleader for say, and we don't need that as a as a leader. You want someone that's going to put the hard work in and the, and the grit and show everybody how you're supposed to do things. He surprised people. I think he was more athletic than maybe people thought. Yeah. A better runner, and I guess that's something you will use this year, correct? Well, we'll use it as we need to see right, see right. fit. I mean, I said all along last year he's he's more athletic than what you think. Right, he's athletic. So, uh, you know, he was recruited as as a Division One basketball player as well out of high school. Kind of gives you a little idea about that. Let's Talking Illinois football with Rod Smith. You have a question here at the Esquire. Let me know. We'll get a microphone around to you. The phone line is open as well, 356-9397. While we're on the subject of the quarterback position, let's talk a little bit about Isaiah Williams. You got a chance to see him in four ball games. What did you see there that you liked and uh, some things you might work on, and what do you see going forward for his future? Yeah. Excited about Isaiah. Uh, you know, he's got a world of talent. Obviously, there's some things that need to continue to be developed, and we're working on that as we go on. This spring will be huge for him in terms of continuing to throw the football with efficiency. Uh, there's some things that will continue to work. But at the same time, he's got so much talent. He's such a great kid. He, 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 he's very cerebral, very smart, works hard, just a dynamic young man. So I'm excited about his future. His best football is ahead of him. You got a chance to see a little bit of it this year. Not a lot because he didn't play as much. He's got to, We got to keep him healthy. We're trying to get him up to about 190 pounds, put a little more actual weight on him so he can try to stay healthy throughout the season. 
we didn't see Josh Matter Baby late in the year because he was injured. Is he recovering? How is how is he going to be? How big can he be for you in a full season? Well, we saw him in about eighty percent, right? Right. So right. I think if we can keep him, if we can keep him uh, healthy for the entire season, which we hope we can, knock on wood, I think Josh can be one of the better wideouts in the in the conference. Just uh, spring balls coming up here. I think next month or so. Not an official date has been released, but how? How much more can you do with this offense come March and April compared to last year, knowing you've got, like you said, you've got Brandon there, you've got Isaiah, you've got Bay Bay back, you've got a bunch of guys that were kind of finding their way last summer, and now they're they're veterans. Yeah, well, I, hope we, I hope we can do a lot more back. I hope we can do a lot more back because, uh, you know, those guys are a year older, in, in, in another year in the system, more mature, so hopefully – we score more points. We, we get more yardage, <laughs> less turnovers. There's a lot of things I think we can do better. And, uh, you know, that'll be the goal move from the spring moving on. Just uh, you're going into year three now as the offensive coordinator. You know your way around Champagne urbana You know your way around, uh, you know, the coaches' offices over there, things like that. Just how much more comfortable are you just with everything that goes into being the offensive coordinator at a, a Big Ten school? Well, you know, I've said many times, my family. Matter of fact, my wife and my daughter are here with me tonight. They're the two, the two main bosses of the house. <laughs> so, you know, we're, we're, we're super ecstatic. We're, we're excited to be here in Champaign. We love living here. The community has been awesome. Uh, the people have been awesome. My, my little girl loves going to school here. My wife's, you know, so involved in, in the, the neighborhoods, the communities. We, we love it here. So it, it's just a great great ease of satisfaction knowing you're living in a place where if you didn't coach football you still love to live there we do have the phone lines open three five six nine three nine seven let's take a call carl in champaign is with us go ahead carl you're on the air hello coach smith i was just wondering uh following up on one of uh, uh matt's questions are you going to be able to open up the playbook more this year with more experienced guys around. Well, that's the plan. We hope so. With with any time you have four or five offensive linemen back, your quarterback back, some of your wide receivers back, you know, the, that's the plan. You'd like to be able to take go to phase two of your offense and be able to push the ball down the field, protect the quarterback, do things that allow for big plays to happen. So that's the plan. We'll we'll we'll, we'll continue to start working on that in the spring moving forward. But that's obviously what the plan is okay Coach, what, thank you very what, much what else yes, sir what else do you want to see in the spring tell me some specific things you're determined to get better at well i mean there's a lot of things that we do. you know one we need to be able to protect better than what we did last year i think at times we need to be able to pitch and catch with the quarterback and the wide receivers better okay i think from an individual standpoint we need to be able to separate as a wide receiver uh, last year. So, you know, those are just some of the little things that we're kind of looking for moving forward. There will be a, a whole list, a laundry list of sure, half-hour sure. guys, but those are the things off the top of my head just thinking right now. Do you see people, are there specific people that you know, I need to get this, this, and this, and this, and this from certain guys? Or is that too early for that? No, but we always, we always go through as a staff and, and we'll say, okay, who are our top 
11 players. Okay. Gotcha. Of the top 11 players, who are our playmakers? Who are the guys that we say these guys need to see the ball? At some okay. point in sure. time, they need to see the ball. Maybe more than others, they need to see the ball. And as you identify those guys, then you formulate your game plan around. So those guys are touching the football. Obviously, Reggie, Reggie, Reggie Corbin, Dre Bowne was a big part of what we did of last course. year. I think Josh Bebe became a big part of what we did. So moving forward, you'll see things start focusing around who are who your playmakers. And let's make sure we uh, sch- scheme things to get them guys to football. You're going to have Mike Epstein back. You're going to have Mike Epstein back, I assume. It seems like he's on, on part of play. What's your what's your thoughts on him? What he can do for you? Yeah. So we're having we're, we're, Coach Smith is taking a lot of handoffs up here on stage with the different microphones. So he's uh he's doing well. We're getting him prepared for spring ball and all the deception yeah. that he's going to take. So there you go. I thought it was April first there for a second. Pulling <laughs> a joke on me here. No. What was the question, Bob Hill? <laughs> Mike Epstein, how important he can be for you. Mike Epstein is a personal guy, can catch passes, can run, can block. Tell me about him, what, yeah. can, what he can be. Well, Mike, Mike's you know, one of the guys that we had high hopes for right. going into the past season. And when he got hurt, boy, it was just so devastating because it seems like he's been injured every year he's been sure. here. And, boy, we need him to stay healthy this year, not just for our sake, for his sake. for Because right. mentally it can take a taxing toll on you whenever – you know, your season ripped out from you, and it's been that way for him every year. So he's been rehabbing like a like a monster, getting after it. Um, you know, he's one of the better football players on our football team. Okay. So I'm excited. I'm sure he'll be probably limited this spring. Would make sense. So many sure. things he can do. We're going to make sure we get him healthy for the fall. He may not, he may not even be going in the spring. I don't even know yet. We have to see how our trainers Bubble say. wrap. Put a bubble wrap. Don't get him hurt. Get him ready right. for August, right? That's right. Got a question here in the audience for Rod Smith. I've always been a big uh, tight end fan, and yeah. I would like to see uh, Illinois possibly utilize that position uh, to a little bit more to our advantage. Have we got any chance of seeing that happen this coming year? Uh, I think you do because we got some guys back with with DJ Bark, Daniel Barker, who ended up catching like four touchdown passes this year, and I think he had about 15 or 16 catches. Some around them. We obviously could get him the ball more at times. Uh, Luke Ford's a guy that's transferred in, so that that once again gives you another guy that uh, it'll be interesting to see. You know, I, he's been playing scout team for quite a bit. This will be the first spring to actually get a chance to really put him in what we do to see exactly how he how he responds. But I, I'm excited to see what those guys can do moving forward. Um, but, the, but obviously, it's all about matchups, and I agree with you. Uh, when, when you're tight end, if your tight end can become a matchup against the linebackers, to me, when you run them down the seams and they got to carry them, if your guys can run a little bit and have some size and good t- catch radiuses, then you can take advantage of those guys. And we did that a little bit with DJ. Hopefully we can take another step with that moving forward. We're going to talk more football with Rod Smith, the Illinois offensive coordinator here at the Esquire on Monday Night Sports Talk on DWS. We'll take a break and be back with more after this. Stay with us. You're listening to Monday Night Sports Talk on News Talk 1400 with the latest news and insights on the Illini, live from the Esquire Lounge on Walnut Street in downtown Champaign. Welcome back to the show, everybody. Monday Night Sports Talk at the Esquire, downtown Champaign. Raise your hand if you have a question here in the audience. We've got uh, maybe one or two back here at one of the back tables. This is uh, Charlene Smith, and Sasha is with us as well. What would you like to say to the coach? Anything? 
Well, I'd like to know what factors lie into you. Well, as far as deciding which starting quarterback you're going to choose. That's a great question. question. She can work for us. Charlene, our offices are right downtown here if you want to stop by. Well, to be honest with you, if if we choose the one that doesn't win games, I had a lot of help from my wife at home. <laughs> if it's the one that's winning games, I made the right decision. Now, you know, it, it's a situation, guys, where, you know, to me, I tell our guys, competition is, is, is everything. We try to read that within our team, every position. I want our guys to compete for everything they get. And even though Brandon Peters started a lot of games for us and did some good things. You know, there's no guarantee that he'll be the starter come game one. Uh, I want those guys to uh, to basically earn that earn that spot. Now we feel pretty good about Brandon. He's got a good spot at where he's at. But I always want those guys competing. So we do it by daily evaluation. And whoever's the most productive quarterback usually becomes the guy. I want to ask uh, the wife of a coach. <laughs> about the, the life of being a wife of a coach. You've bounced around some, you've gone different places, that's part of it, right? It is, it's fun, it's exciting, it has its ups and downs, but mostly ups. <laughs> you like it in Champaign-Urbana? Love it, yes. Let's talk to this young lady over here real quick. Did you tell them they were going to be interviewed tonight, Rod? No, I did not. Oh, okay. this, no. They're probably a little shell shocked. Right <laughs> no, we set it up during the break, so we're... Okay, you, you planned ahead, Steve. Yeah, job. it was so a pre-production meeting, right? Yeah, it was a preemptive strike. <laughs> <laughs> Anything you'd like to say to the guy up there? Hi, my name's Sasha, and I like talking Tom. And have you been playing football while you were younger? Well, yes, I was, young lady. I used to play football back a long time ago. And I used to be pretty good, but now I'm older, so now I get to coach. So <laughs> but thank great, you for that question. question. Do you like it here in town? Are you having a good time at school? Yes. Good to see you. You got your food here. We'll let you eat. We won't bother you anymore. <laughs> We've got another uh, 10 minutes or so with uh, Rod Smith. Any other questions, uh, let us know. Rod, talk a little bit about spring ball, offensive line, guys, personnel, rotation. Is everybody healthy? Everybody going to take part? Uh, there will be some guys that we're going to probably hold out moving forward. We'll see. Uh, make sure they're healthy. Guys, you know, we talked about Mike earlier. Uh, and that will be more of, of, uh, of uh, Jeremy Bush's, the athletic trainers and Lovey's call as we move forward. So I can't speculate who all that will be. But, you know, we'll have most of our guys ready to roll. And if there's some areas where we do have uh, some guys we're holding back, then it will be a great experience, great time for our younger guys to gain some valuable coaching experience from our coaches and some much needed playing uh, time at, at, dur during the spring. So it'll be, it'll, be, it'll be a great for us, I believe. I want to go back to Charlene's question about the quarterbacks. How much does Levy Smith win when you have a question? When you're trying to decide this guy's a quarterback, this guy's a quarterback, is it all him or is it all you or is it combination? How does that work? Oh, Bob, I mean, Lovey's – Lovey's awesome, and I lean on Lovey a lot okay. because, you know, he just – I mean, you're crazy not to. That man is a great coach, wealth of experience. Sure. Um, you know, he's, he's, he's awesome, and he's awesome in the fact that he also lets me run the offense. Gotcha. He lets me go in right. and say, hey, listen, you evaluated, and you tell me what you think, and I'll have my opinion. And sure. I'll tell him, the coach is who I believe. 
and I go to him. I, I want his validation as well. And there's times where he's like, yeah, right, I agree with you 100%. You okay. know, so uh, it, 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 it's, a, it's a collaboration, to be honest sure. with you. Um, so, you know, he's the head football coach. I want him to feel good about what we're doing offensively. And if there's something I'm not doing or we're not doing, then I want his input. I want his criticism. I want his uh, his football knowledge because, to me, he's second to none in anybody in, in, in this country. You've got your offense, offensive staff back next year intact. Yeah. And last year you made some changes. Now you got all these guys back. How, how helpful is that to know everybody? Obviously, you know, know Coach McClain well, well, but the other guys, how important is that? Extremely important because I, I agree with, with Josh, our athletic director, Josh Whitman, 100%. When you have staff continuity, it's everything to a program. Okay. Whenever you can keep the guys, the continuity for our players the same, they know the routine, they know what's expected, and you're heading in the right direction, to me that's everything. And it just makes it brings a comfort level, brings stability to our guys. So I, I, I'm excited that, that our whole office staff's back. Tells me that, one, they, they, they enjoy working sure. for us. Uh, and, and at the same time, they love being here and being part of this, this community and this university. And you have, have a little shake-up on defense. Again, that probably adds a little bit, too. That's going to be a good thing, too, right? Well, yeah. I mean, you know, guys like I'm, – I'm good friends with Austin Clark, who okay. had a, who had a right. once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to go to the NFL right. and be a position coach. And I'm – you know, I told him when he, he was asking me, Coach, what, what do you think I should do? I said, listen, man, I, I've, selfishly, I'd love to keep you here. But, you know, you got to do what's best for you. Right. I understand, and I want what's best for you and your family. If you think it's what's best, then go do it. So I'm, I'm, I'm so happy for him, right. for the opportunity he has. But, uh, you know, so that's not a bad thing. That's a, that's, that means right. you did some good things on defense or some good things on offense that other people are taking notice. Sure. Illinois hit the transfer portal pretty hard last year. Got a lot of guys, uh, Brandon Peters, Josh Manitorbebe, Trevon Sidney, uh, Luke Ford, just to name a few. How does that process differ when it comes to recruiting when you're trying to go after transfers compared to high school recruits at all? I think the recruiting has changed because of the transfer portal, because of the graduate transfers, because now you can go pluck a guy who has experience, who has game experience, or he's been practicing at a high-level team or program that is going against great-level talent. So you can get a guy who's more experienced, who's – uh, more season that can help you, kind of like what Josh did, what Trayvon did, Richie Pettibon, Brandon Peters, I mean, Owale, all those guys, they may not have played a lot where they were at, but at the same time, they were going against great talent every day, every day of practice for years. So, you know, when you can plug guys like that in, into your system, they got to fit your system, they got to fit your philosophy. But if you can do that, to me, that changes recruiting a little bit. Because now you don't necessarily always have to rely on a true freshman coming in. You got one spot open on the offensive line in terms of starters back. Is that would that be an option again? Go to the portal and try to find somebody like Rich Pedal. It very well could. Okay. Yes, it very well could. Very well could. Your take on the on the transfer situation now? Do you do you like it? I mean, that's the way it is. So you you, you kind of go with it. But do you like it the way it is? The Big Ten has proposed that all athletes should be eligible to transfer one time without having to sit out of you for that as well? You know, it's, it, it's, I'd be a hypocrite if I sit here and tell you differently because I watch coaches take other jobs, and they do it without any restrictions. Um, and we have contracts, for God's sakes. 
So you break a contract, you go to another school, it's hard for you to do it now. What you don't want is you don't want all-out free agency where everybody other schools recruiting your players off your team to go to their team. That's what you don't want. So there's got to be a happy median somewhere, in my opinion. Uh, but I'm no, I'm not against it. I'm not against the one-time deal. Um, I think, you know, Lovey said it before, sometimes you don't get the right fit. I feel sorry for guys who sign with a, with a, with a uni- university and the coach leaves. Right. That's, that's not fair to that kid. Now, everybody says, well, you sign with the university. Yeah, but the, the, we're the ones, the coaches are the ones that go out and create the relationships that form the bonds. So whenever that, all of a sudden, that trust is gone or that person's no longer there, to me, that should be open up for that kid to make a decision, in my opinion. I know you just wrapped up the, the 2020 class, and recruiting never stops if you're a college football coach. It's something you guys live and breathe 24-7, 365 a year. You guys are going to have a full class available in, in 2021 compared to, you know, 13, 14 signees that you've had the last two seasons. How does that change for you guys when you get on the road knowing, okay, we can sign 25 guys this season now? Well, broaden your net is what it does. It allows us to go out and offer more people uh, because we know that we're going to be able to take more commitments. So that's huge. And, you know, the ability to draw more talent. We, we, have, we have some needs we have to address on our football team that will, you know, we lose a lot of offensive linemen after this class. Those guys will be three, four-year starters uh, after, this, after this year coming up. So we're going to be a big offensive lineman class recruiting so far. Um, so, yeah, so it's going to be huge because now our numbers are going to go up as far as the offers we put out there. Got a question in the audience? Hey, Coach. Hey. Hey. Uh, you mentioned continuity. Talk a little bit about what the going to a bowl game meaning to this team and how you can leverage that experience going forward and keep it going because we as alums love it. Yeah, great question. Um, you know, to me, we look at it as it's an extra spring ball for our young guys. Some of our freshmen have never been through spring ball. This will be their first spring they've ever had. Uh, Brandon Peters has never been through a spring ball at Illinois. He's been through a spring ball, but not at Illinois. So when you went to the bowl game, One, it's a reward for the season you've had. And two, um, once again, we get younger guys so much more playing time, experience, and reps to get better at your craft. So, you know, with those extra 15 practices, it's like having an extra spring ball before we actually get into spring. And, you know, it's huge. It's vital for programs that are building like us to continue to take and move that step forward, move that needle We've got to keep getting better at every position. I think that's what the bowl games allow us to do. Got just a couple of minutes left, but on those same lines, as far as building uh, the program and building tradition and such, and the new building is helping with that as well, the new uh, Smith Performance Building. Yeah. Have you noticed a tick yet in the recruiting with the, when young guys see that building? Oh, absolutely. I mean, every, every, every person, every kid that comes through that building <laughs> says it's as good as any place they've ever been. And... So, and kids these days are about wow factors. They want to see the bling. They want to see all the, the nice thing, the shimmering lights. And, and that place is as nice as anybody's in the country. So it definitely helps. And not only for recruiting, it also helps our current student athletes who are in the building right now for their functionality, their lifting, their nutrition, everything. Boy, it's so much nicer for those guys' development as well. Time for one more, Bob. Go ahead. Coach, you've been in the Big, you've been in the big Ten this year, third stop, Indiana and Michigan. Is the league now, like, the best you've seen in your time coaching yeah. college football? Yeah, it's pretty good, Bob. I mean, right. it's, I mean, 
with, with the way everybody – I mean, I thought this year's Big Ten was better than last year's. Right. Uh, particularly the defenses. Okay. You know, they were, I thought, a lot better. Um, so, yeah, I think this is as good as a league as there is in the country. Um, I think, it's without a doubt, the Big Ten and the SEC are probably the two best conferences in, in, in the country. That's Rod Smith, everybody, Illinois offensive coordinator. Hopefully your wife and daughter saved you some food back there in the back. <laughs> we'll find out here shortly. We'll Just a out. reminder, we will not be here next Monday night, Illinois basketball Monday night at home against Nebraska. So we'll do our portion of Monday night sports talk at the State Farm Center. So we'll be back in two weeks. Appreciate your help. Thank you to uh, Matt Daniels, Bob Osmussen, Blake Landa, Tamara McDaniel back in the uh, studios. This is Steve Kelly, WDWS. Champaign-Urbana, no Brad Underwood show tonight there on the road, but uh, prep, <clears throat> excuse me, Prep Sports Confidential is coming up next right here. Have a good night, everybody.